Welcome to your midweek edition of the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show's at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you find your podcast, the BodySlam.net YouTube channel, and of course, listen to us on Sportswire Radio. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, partner in crime, the young buck, Mr. Andy York. Andy, we missed last week. Life got in the way, man, but here we are. Yeah, it's good to be back, and uh, luckily while we were gone for a week, nothing like groundbreaking happened, so it's... At least not last week. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so at least we didn't miss anything huge, because everything, every, every time we like... We might not be able to record this week, and then something massive happens. Like, nope, we have, we we can't miss. So we have to I'm, move mountains to be able to do it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm glad nothing like that happened, and we're able to finally come back and get back on track. We are getting back on track. If you checked out last Monday's episode of the PBWF, Andy and I presented our pay per views, pay per view number two. So if you haven't checked that out, and if, if you're following along, go back and listen to it. Uh, week nine of the PBWF will be coming next week. So get yourselves ready for that. But that's on Mondays. We're talking about current product stuff. And I thought we would bring on a special guest for our current product. This guy has uh, not been with us since SummerSlam and certainly want to get his reactions to everything that has happened since SummerSlam. Of course, I'm talking about my brother from another mother, Mr. Jared Justice, is here. Man, what's the haps? How's it going? Whole podcasting show. You don't even remember my intro anymore, man. I mean, I, I even geared up for it. What do you think I was doing? Like, Triple H coming out for like, you know, a WrestleMania match? Well, you do have the Triple H green lighting behind you. So, you know, I, I thought maybe that's what you were gearing up for. But, man, happy to have you on. It's awesome for you to be back. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Um, I've told you several times um, on the phone, texting and talking and things, that, man, I, I had really soured on WWE. Um, you know, the product sucked. We went to SummerSlam. I didn't have uh, high hopes for anything, really. And it was a pretty good show. I mean, it, it, it was a good show. But the thing was, is that Vince was no longer in power for that show. And that Triple H and the new regime was in place. And, man, I think WWE, just with all these small changes, um, it's common sense things that we as wrestling fans have said for years. You know, don't don't script all these promos. Don't make Michael Cole say, Raw rolls on next, time and time and time and time <laughs> again. You know, just these small things that they've changed, more wrestling in the ring. Um uh, I'm just so so excited uh, for the product now. Um, I just feel like that things have been re-energized, reinvigorated, and AEW I think is keeping up too, man. I mean, uh, they, uh, you know, whenever they first came out, uh, I had big expectations, and that, and I felt like they let me down. And here lately, I feel like you know, with all their signings they had and the product that they've had up to this point. I just feel like both shows, man, are, are hitting on all the cylinders, and I'm ready to talk about it. Well, let's do it, man. You're exactly right. I mean, it's, Andy and I say it all the time that it's a fantastic time to be a wrestling fan. 
um, especially now with a new regime in WWE. And let's actually, uh, we talked about this before the show, but I'm going to turn the show upside down and we're going to pivot to WWE first um, because Jared brought up a lot of good points. And Andy and I, a couple weeks ago, had promised we were going to do a bonus podcast about some of this stuff, just some of the changes that we were seeing and just having a conversation about it. Well, Jared just started the conversation, so let's continue the conversation. (laughs) Jared talked about more wrestling time. Jared talked about less scripted promos and just the overall presentation of WWE. Andy, aside from the signings, because we're going to get to that, all the people that Triple H has brought back, we're going to talk about those guys. So aside from that, what things are you seeing that have reinvigorated your love for WWE under this new regime? Uh, Honestly, man, it's the attention to details that is in everything. Like it's, it's one of the first few times in recent history where you actually can't miss a week of raw because you're not going to really be going knowing what's going on with the next week. Like, I, I know we're going to talk about Dexter Loomis here in a little bit, but if you missed like the first week or two, <clears throat> you're completely thrown off with right. what happened this week. So like, <clears throat> excuse me, continuity and the little details, everything like that is, is extremely important. And that's being picked up. Um, <clears throat> like Jared said, I, I have been a big fan of Michael Cole for some time. And Michael Cole has been, like, because of Pat McAfee, Michael Cole has been doing amazing stuff the last year, year and a half. Without someone in his yell yelling at him, or in his ear yelling at him, Michael Cole is absolutely on fire right now. Yep. He is doing a great job. Corey Graves is doing a great job. Byron Saxon can still go walk away. Um, but I, I really enjoy, like, the presentation, everything. Raw is actually enjoyable to watch now. Obviously, it's a three-hour show, and there are going to be moments where – it's a little low because that's just how it is, but it's, right. it's, it is much better than not much better, but it's, it's basically everything I wanted it to be because all these changes have happened very subtly and not like yep. this out of the blue random. It's happened very slowly over time. Well, and one of those subtle changes is backstage walks. Like when people are walking backstage, there are Easter eggs in the background that you cannot miss. You got crap yeah. on fire. You got Jared texting me uh, the other night during Raw, and he's like, there's a riot squad in the background. Like yeah. Yeah. all of these things, there's a car crash a couple weeks ago. So all of these things that are just in the background of random backstage shots, like Andy said, attention to detail, you can't miss it. I think one of the things for me that I've enjoyed Uh, And Jared, I'll throw to you on this because it brings me back to the old school days. Triple H's old school flavor is coming back to not only Raw, but to SmackDown. And those are those video packages that Corey Graves has narrated throughout the shows, hyping up a big match or something like Walter and Shinsuke, sorry, Gunther and Shinsuke got that a couple (laughs) of weeks ago. Uh, AJ and Bobby got that a couple of weeks ago. So I love that old school aspect that Triple H has brought in. What what else have you seen, Jared, other than what has been mentioned? Well, I mean, what you said is a mouthful, man. Um, just these video packages. Um, UFC does this. And a lot of times, like, well, I mean, all the time, before their fights, even if it's like a fight that you don't care about, like, let me just give you an example. If I buy the UFC pay-per-view to see a main event and I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this main event. Well, then you sit through an undercard, okay? So each one of those matches, I may not know. Usually I might know one other match, like somebody in another another fight, match, whatever you want to call it. 
but they give you these video packages before each fight that makes you actually care. And that's what happened um, with WWE is that all of a sudden we now have a reason to care. It's not just things thrown together. Right. Um, and you can say that about, about everything in the whole show. Like, um, whenever that you bring up, okay, well, they're showing a video package. Okay, well, they're also trying to put more depth into these characters that they're going to show you a video package about. Okay, so everything kind of feeds into this mentality of making you care about what you're seeing instead of every week you tune in, nothing's been announced ahead of time. There's no main event. There's no, you know, kind of cool match that's going to happen. It's just, hey, Raw rolls on next week. Tune in. You know, (laughs) why would I care enough to do that? Well, I haven't in a long time. But now, oh, we're going to have this match, and here's a video package, and we're going to have this match, and this guy's come in. This guy's come up from NXT. Um, and this is why you should care about him. And, oh, my God, here's Johnny Gargano from NXT. <laughs> um, you've never seen him in the WWE universe, but you should care about him, and here's why. Things right. are explained. Right. Absolutely. I, Go ahead, Andy. Well, I was going to say, that's another thing that I love is NXT actually matters now. Like, right. yes. all the things that happen in NXT really <clears throat> never mattered up until this point. And then Johnny Gargano comes out and talks about being a, the first ever Triple Crown NXT in NXT and all this other like NXT accomplishments absolutely should matter. And not because only they that, give like, well they give purpose to like why is this such a big deal? Why did the crowd right. react such a big way as to why Johnny Gargano is here? Oh, he's done all of this stuff. That's why I've always yep. been a big fan of like let's bring it like let's talk about what these guys have done outside yep. of WWE because it still makes them a big deal because when you talk about like Shinsuke Nakamura being an IWGP world champion <clears throat> and JBL always used to do this, which I loved. He would yeah. talk about, Oh yeah, that's the same belt that like Hulk Hogan and Brock Lesnar have held as well. So it's like, it's a big deal that he has done this. So right. I like that all this stuff is starting to matter. Well, and not only that, but I can see, especially paying attention on commentary that they are intentionally talking about NXT title reigns yeah, and intentionally bringing up things that have happened in NXT specifically, not even just outside promotions, because we all know that NXT was treated as an outside promotion. Well, now it's specifically being brought up a lot. So, you know, that that is, that is a point that is being driven home. One of the things that was said, and I think it was on the After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves and Vic Joseph. I think they said it best when they said it, and it sums up exactly what we're talking about here. WWE is now rewarding fans for paying attention. Yep. Bingo. That's it. They are now rewarding fans for paying attention. If If you're casually tuning in, okay, it's cool. But if you've been paying attention for the last three months, your mind is blown. And then all of a sudden, everybody beside you who is casually paying attention, why is your mind blown? How about you go back and check out the last three months? Yeah. So people go back and check it out. And boom, you have somebody who is now tuned in every single week. Go ahead, Jared. Well, one thing that I wanted to follow up on whenever I was giving my example of these UFC fights and and they, you know, you, you tune in for the main event. But then they give you these video packages about each one of these people. Okay. So that doesn't just help for that specific event. You now know about these different fighters. 
So next time, whenever that they have another big uh, pay-per-view, you say, oh, my God, there's, you know, whoever the crap. Yep. And you're like, I saw him fight last time, and he's getting better. I want to see him go on this time. And, oh, my God, there's this other guy. I saw him last time. He's pretty freaking cool. He got a first-round knockout. I'm going to watch and see what he does this time. So all this stuff that, like, just making you care makes you want to keep watching and makes you care about the product as a whole. I just yeah. want to follow up with that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I <clears> – <throat> well, one thing I was going to say, too, is I – you talked about like if you if you've been paying attention the last three months, I'll even say if you if you watched Black and Gold NXT for any length of time, all of that is being rewarded now with yep. Johnny well. Gargano coming in, Dexter Loomis coming in, Karrion Cross coming in, like all of these different guys coming in. Now we're getting the prize fighter Kevin Owens back in his full glory with the duct tape t shirt and all of that. Like it's it's all coming together. And I love that fact. And I love the fact that Triple H got like Triple H's guys are going to start eating, and we're seeing it now because Kevin Owens has been the coolest he's been since probably his run with Jericho, and this right. is this is the Kevin Owens that has always been and should always be, and I am I am loving every single second of this. I love that Raw doesn't start with a promo now; it starts with like a massive brawl almost every single week. Where it's like, hey, let's start off with a fight because we're all not here to hear people talk. We're here to see some people fight as well. It's like I, I love that all of these little things are happening. Or, uh, oh, oh, or I can't even talk. Or <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I think Raw started with a match. Like, yeah, yeah. we we opened. Hey, here's Raw. We're live from such and such and such. Where you're going to see this, this, and this tonight. Music hits. Boom. We're having a match. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So all of those things have changed. All of those things we can all agree on is making a much better WWE product it's making raw a lot easier to digest sure like andy said there's some low points but raw is becoming easier to digest it's almost like and jared weigh in on this too i know you have a point but weigh in on this too it's almost like smackdown was the a show for the longest time and now it's like Raw is must-see, and I know SmackDown's had its moments, Carrying Cross and Hit Row, and they've had some cool things or whatever, but it seems like Raw is sort of passing up SmackDown again, and now SmackDown's got to do something to catch back up. Okay, so I'll start off with my point that I kept doing this about. <laughs> um, have you noticed the different body types of the wrestlers that have been featured on the WWE product lately? Kevin Owens. He has a beer gut. He looks like your average person, only beefed up more. Um, you all constantly laugh and say that he looks like me or I look like him. Okay. That's true. So you're, you, have, you have somebody on TV that looks like some of your, you know, everyday people that you see, and it makes you want to root for them more. Let's look at yep. Johnny Gargano. One thing I looked at the whole time he was in the ring is I'm like, man, look at how little distance is in between the top rope and the top of his shoulders. Yep. This is a short man, okay? But nobody cared. <laughs> you know, Vince yep. put all this, all this, um, just emphasis. worry and this emphasis and uh, this shine on oh these big Greek gods and they have to be six foot, six foot two and over and whatever. But nobody really cared besides him. And now that right. he's gone, you have all these other wrestlers who are tremendous that are being featured. And to your point that you asked me to talk about, Raw and SmackDown, 
man, isn't it just great that we're actually caring? And we're, and we're like, oh, my God, which one's better? It's not both shows sucked, which one sucked worse. It's which one has done better. I mean, they're both kick on all cylinders. You got Roman Reigns. You got this person. Which one's doing better? How, I mean, and it's funny because I was asking you about do I act my age? And right. um, uh, what's his name uh, that we hung out with? Levi. Levi. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, does Levi act like he's older than me? Do I act like I'm older than him? Do we act our age? And you're like, man, I've seen you both get so giddy like children whenever you get excited about things like wrestling or concerts or whatever. And I mean, look at me right now. I'm actually happy to be talking about this instead of sitting here telling you all the reasons why these shows sucked. So, I mean, I I just think it's a completely different feel in the wrestling universe, if you you will. If you will, baby. (laughs) Well, I'll even go off. I'll go off to like what he was talking about with we're seeing different types of wrestlers finally getting their moment, like Kevin Owens and Johnny. And yet guys like Drew and Roman still feel like a big deal. Like it's not taking anything away from them as well, because there is a place in wrestling for your big, beefy, strong guys. There's also a place for a guy like Johnny Gargano who, yeah, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but he gets in the ring with anybody and he'll wrestle, he'll wrestle around them quicker than anything else. So like yeah, it's yeah. it's that style that I really love. I love that we're 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 starting to see we're starting to see WWE not feel like a robot system anymore. Right. But it's starting to feel creative and it's starting to feel different than anything before. And yet it still feels different than AEW, and I mean that in the best way possible. And the fact that it's still, they have found a way to merge sports entertainment and wrestling together. And that's that's the most important thing with WWE because they're never going to be what they were in the Attitude Era. Right. In fact, I don't really want them to be what they were in the Attitude Era. I think that time has come and gone for them. But what they are now is perfect for this era, perfect for this generation. They're letting these guys shine and, and they're still they're still getting the job done. And it, it's... As of right now, it's working. We could come back in six months and say, well, it was good while it lasted because some, some things have fallen off the rails. But in the early months, it has been better than I think we all anticipated. That leads me to my next point that I did not tell you guys I was going to ask, but the question has been burning in my <laughs> mind for a long time, and I have to ask it. Before I ask it, though, I will say this. To further both Andy and Jared's points about Johnny Gargano, Y'all go follow me on Twitter at Chris Belcher 24. You will see my profile picture. It is me and Johnny Gargano. Dude is about yay much taller than me. I'm a short dude. If you know me, like dude is might be that much taller. So I, I have, I have a picture with him and I'm taller than him. And I was exactly. like, this is weird. Like this is weird that I'm taller than a wrestler, but I, it doesn't take anything away from him. Like exactly. that's, that's the crazy part. Right. So my burning question. Um, I'm going to go to Jared first because not that I'm more excited to hear his answer. I'm just, I'm anxious to hear what he's going to say. Oh God. We're talking about all of these great things that WWE is doing the new regime and it's under new leadership and it's a new era and everything just seems to be going right. And Andy brought it up in six months. Maybe we're not talking so positively. So I'm going to ask you, Jared, I'm going to start with you. Triple H has done seemingly everything right so far. At what point, and you don't have to pick out something specific or a specific time frame or whatever, but at what point, what could cause the bloom to be off the rose for Triple H being in creative power? What would it take? 
And then Andy, think about it. I'm coming to you next. What would it take for people to start not necessarily crapping on Triple H, but we're starting to backtrack, not getting to what Vince was doing, but we're starting to backtrack. What do you think? Okay. So let's look at NXT. Look at, and you can probably tell me, Chris, um, how long NXT black and gold was a thing that Triple H was actually running the show. Andy, it started in, was it 2014? 13, 14? I think the first show was 2014. Okay. okay. So maybe late just... 2013, early 2014, some, some around that time. So, so we'll, let's, so let's, we'll let's say, say for example, ago. so six, so it ended in 2020. So, yeah. right? Or 21? 21. 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So for the sake of argument, it lasted for seven years. Okay. Go ahead. So during the entire time that NXT black and gold was a thing, let's, uh, let's use Braun Breaker. We'll use him as the, as a stopping point. So from the time that Triple H took over NXT until Braun Breaker became a thing, because that was right around the time that Triple H started having his health problems and lost, uh, lost power. Correct. During that entire time, did NXT black and gold ever suck? Can't remember a time. Okay. Andy? I can't remember a time. Okay. Bingo. So that makes <laughs> me say – that makes me say that as long as Triple H is the one that's calling the shots, this, this ain't going downhill. The only way it's going to go downhill is if that he lets, let's say, Vince McMahon – who he talks to on the phone every so often. Start if he starts believing more of what Vince is telling him, oh no, Triple H. Gosh dang, son. You know, you gotta, you gotta push someone, son, you gotta push him. You know, if he starts listening to Vince and we start seeing that come back in, then I think people are gonna start crapping and poo-pooing on Triple H. As long as Triple H is running the show, based on um, the best indicators of the past that's what creates future behavior, you know, is you look at the past. So looking at everything Triple H has done, I don't see him ever doing anything to make fans poo-poo him. But you also have uh, Nick Khan. Nick Khan hasn't really done anything yet that we've heard of. What if he starts weighing in and says, I don't really like this product, Triple H. I want you to go more back towards what Vince's vision was. I want you to copy uh, more of this AEW New Japan thing. I want you to incorporate everything in. I want you to change what you're doing. I think that's the only way that people would start poo-pooing this. The only thing that I'll say that Andy, I'll throw to you to the Nick Khan thing. The the great thing about that situation is yes, that could come up, but. Thank God that Stephanie McMahon is the co-COO and she is married to the head of creative and she can at least be the middle person and they can come to some sort of compromise on what's going to make both sides happy. That's the only argument that I have for that. But other than that, Jared, I think you're on point. Andy, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that triple H hasn't burned us yet with anything like there. Obviously in NXT, there were moments where, I'm not gonna say it felt stale, but there were moments where obviously it's it's going to there are always going to be highs and lows in wrestling, and there was a couple <laughs> moments where it wasn't perfect, but what we got in the end was still enjoyable. And I will say, week to week, NXT may have not have been great, but when the time mattered and the pay per views hit, NXT was untouchable, and you always couldn't delivered. beat anything, and it always delivered. Even 
the worst NXT ta- uh, takeover you could think of was still right. better than anything the main roster had ever put on at that point. So, like, I I, I completely agree. I think the, the only thing that could really make fans, and there are going to be a contingent, a contingent of fans that enjoyed the way Vince McMahon booked things. Sure. And so they're not going to like this new era, this new regime, which that's the case. <laughs> you can just move on and stop watching wrestling because wrestling has changed completely. But I, I, I completely agree. I don't think there's any way unless sponsors start to get involved and unless management starts to get involved. And so I think that's the only issue is where that comes into play. But again, seven years of pure success in NXT with rookies who weren't anything before, even though they were, I mean, it means a lot. And I will say, I don't want it to become kind of like an AEW situation where we just start picking up and re-signing a whole bunch of people. Like, re-sign people that matter and mean something. And let's not just start re-signing everybody just to bring them back. Right, exactly. So you're saying that as long as somebody like our phenomenal host, Chris, (laughs) doesn't like sleep his way back into power. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. we We should be good. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If y'all listen to our fantasy booking show, the PBWF, the Revolution brand is pretty stinking good. Um, Andy's roster is more loaded than mine, but my storylines are pretty good. Anyway, Ima- imagine that. what would happen if I got involved. I mean, uh, then there would really be like some chaos. shit going down. <laughs> The, the term mayhem would be taken up another level. Yes, it would. Put it that way. <laughs> um, here, is, here is my, I don't even want to call it a shred of doubt, but here is, and I think Jared knows where I'm going, so we talked about this the other day, the little inkling in my head that says what could possibly bring this success down? What could possibly take the train off the tracks when Cody Rhodes comes back? And the reason I say that is because I don't know how Triple H is going to handle Cody Rhodes. I'm not saying he's going to bury him. Now, please don't don't read into that. I would Triple H is smart enough that he sees success, so I, I don't think he's going to bury Cody. But Cody was such a project of Vince and Bruce and Nick Khan that they wanted to shove it up AEW's rear end that they pushed Cody to the moon immediately. Andy, I'll go to you first. Any pushback at all on how you think Triple H is going to book Cody? You think, I mean, am I wrong to think that or does it make sense at all? I don't think you're wrong, but I, I, I don't think there is going to be any issue because like you said, Triple H understands. I mean, this was his motto when the the authority was around, he knows what's best for business and Cody Rhodes coming back and being involved in everything is what's best for business. And so I don't think that's going to be any problem at all. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if Cody, I think there are a few guys that are going to have more say in their creative than others. And I think Cody's going to be one of those guys. I think Cody's mm-hmm. going to be allowed to not do what he wants, but he's going to be able to do, have more freedom to do a lot of stuff. I think Seth Rollins is going to be in that category. Obviously, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. I think if Bray Wyatt ever shows back up in WWE, I think he will have a lot of creative control as well over his stuff. So I I don't see any issue with it or potential issue with it just because I know, one, I think Triple H and Cody Rhodes have kind of hashed things out anyway. But then two, I think Triple H is smart enough to realize 
my ego cannot get bigger than business. And I think that's sure. that's going to come into play. Jared, any thoughts? So I think that based on what we know about Triple H, and I mean, I've never met this guy, but everything that I know makes me think that he would look at Cody in the way that Cody's behavior has been, okay? So he goes to AEW. He wants to make a big impact. He wants to shove it up Triple H's rear end. He comes out there with the sledgehammer and he's hitting, you know, the throne and all this stuff. If Triple H looks back at his own career and the way that he trotted out there with everybody um, in Madison Square Garden, and, you know, you had Kevin Nash, you had Razor, you had Sean, you had H. You told everybody to shove it up their rear end. Yep. That's exactly what Cody was doing. Cody never disliked Triple H, I don't think. No. He, Triple H was almost like his idol that he wanted to prove, hey, man, I can do this. You didn't give me a chance, so screw you. Right. And Cody's even come out and said, man, you know, yeah, I did all this stuff that was like, well, like it was anti-Triple H, but, like, I love the guy. And it's so his favorite wrestler. I, and so I think that Triple H will look at him. I don't think he's going to hold a grudge because if Triple H did hold a grudge, then I think that Cody would, would come back and things may not go so good for Cody. Right. But I think that Triple H is above that and that he sees, you know, he learned from Shawn Michaels and look at everything Shawn did. Um, I think that he sees that Cody is like a modern-day version of something like what he and Sean were trying to accomplish. Sure. And um, I think that he'll say, come on back into the fold, man. I'm going to push you just like Vince was doing because you're one of the best we got. You came from AEW. You showed you could do it elsewhere. You came from our competitor, and now we're going to make you the best that we can, and we'll tell them, screw them, and you're going to be awesome. I think that's how it's going to go. Like I said, I don't really have a lot of doubt, but when thinking about, I just, I don't know. Uh, the, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't concern me, but if there's one thing that I could point to that could steer the train off the tracks, it could be that. But like you both have said, Triple H knows what's best for business. So hopefully he will, he will carry that out. Speaking of what's best for business, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Because what is best for business is that Johnny Gargano is back in the WWE. Guys, Andy, I tell Jared all the time <laughs> that if Andy's watching wrestling and Chris is not, <laughs> Jared knows what I'm going to say. Yep. yep. I get a text yeah. if something happens. <laughs> and that's great. I, I love getting texts from Andy. If I'm not watching, he'll tell me what he'll you know say, hey, this is awesome. This happened. But as I tell Jared, there are times when I get text messages from Andy. Then there are times when I get text messages in all caps from Andy. <laughs> That's when I know crap is going down. Well, thankfully, <laughs> this time I was watching, yeah. and I still got the all caps text. <laughs> Guys, if I'm lying, I'm dying. When I was watching this, I was literally shaking. When that music hit, I was literally shaking. Because to Andy, Andy texted me and he said, I did I, I forgot that was his music for a minute. It, and and my thought was, like, where is that music coming from? Like, is it coming from my phone? Am I watching something else somewhere? Like, whatever. And then because it took them forever, they put the camera on the entrance way. He didn't come out, nothing. 
it was like his champa like messing with us or something and then <laughs> andy johnny gargano finally walks back out on our television it it might be one of the weirdest like returns ever it comes back off out, off of a commercial break and i'm sitting there on i was on a commercial break i was sitting there on tiktok and the music hit and i was like why is this like i don't remember i don't know why this would be on this video and i looked up and saw the heart on the Titan Tron. I was like, "Oh, this is a what is going on right now?" I was freaking out. I, this was like when you texted me that like you were shaking. I, I was still the rest of Raw was still going back and watching that moment yep. over and over again just because of the pure shock factor and the crowd's reaction and everything else. This was I don't I don't remember if I texted you or not. This was your Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania moment yes, it was. when like I was I was freaking out and shaking when that happened. I can yes. imagine what you were doing as well. It. I'm so glad he's back. I'm glad that without Triple H, I don't want him in WWE. Right. With Triple H in charge, there is no other place for Johnny Gargano than WWE. So it's it's a perfect fit, and I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. I really hope that Triple H takes the briefcase off of Theory, puts it on, on Johnny, but that's just me. <laughs> Jared, Johnny Gargano in the WWE. Uh He's where he belongs. I don't think there's too much argument that can be made for that. Yeah. Um, so, man. So here, here, here's my story of how it all went down. Oh, jeez. Um, I was I was on my <laughs> iPad. I'm sitting there, you know. I'm typing stuff. I'm looking at stuff, and I have the TV on. <laughs> and so, uh, Rebel Heart starts playing, and so that's what plays when you call me. Yep. And so I was like, because I, because I think you'd be like Johnny Gargano. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm just like typing on my iPad and I'm like, oh, Chris is calling. And then like I hear the fans start cheering and I'm like, this is weird. So I look up and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Gargano's back. What the crap? And so I was so excited, man. But yeah, I agree completely. Uh, with Triple H in charge, I mean, Gargano and Champa they were pretty much on top of the whole thing in NXT. Yep. So um, what if that Triple H thinks we can make this happen in WWE too? And he starts pushing Gargano and Champa. Maybe they have a huge feud, which I would love to see, for the Universal title, for the main title of the main brand, something we thought would never happen. And these yep. two smaller guys are getting in there and tearing it down in the main event. I would love to see that. And I think that's, that is completely a possibility right now. I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but Tommaso Ciampa posted a selfie with Johnny Gargano on Instagram that he took from Raw, um, which is fantastic. Now, I'm totally okay, Jared, with seeing Ciampa and Gargano. I mean, there was a reason that Fight Forever chants Echoed Didn't we see the them one time? When was that? Didn't we see Champ and Gargano? Pretty they sure we, we saw the first one, <laughs> the unsanctioned one. We saw the first one. Um, yep. But not only were they great opponents, fantastic opponents, they were fantastic partners too. So before we see them in a feud, Andy, I want to see them versus the Usos in well, a tag I, match. I think there's a reason why Dexter Lumis kidnapped Miz. Oh, left Johnny. I, I left Champa by that, himself. So if, if Dexter Dexter kidnapping Miz, maybe that leaves the door open. I agree. I think 
I love it's one of those like I love them together and I love them when they feud. And so I'm really excited. Yep. I I agree. I would love to see their feud for the main title, the big title, but their feud also just screams intercontinental all over it as it well. Does. Like true, it I, does. Like I seeing those two title. guys yeah. fight for that intercontinental title would be absolutely amazing. I not that I'm not saying that they're not world champion material. I absolutely believe they're world champion material. But that's just there are feuds with the IC belt and with the US belt that mean a lot as well. And I think that's one of them that could really just fit into that as well. I see them against the Usos, see them against New Day, um, see them against the Street Profits. I mean, that would be that would be absolutely amazing. I so I'm I'm excited to see all the potential. I want I need a Johnny Seth Rollins feud like immediately. Yeah, I need a Johnny Gargano oh Cody God. Rhodes feud immediately. Um, I need I need a lot of Johnny feuds right now, so I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with them. Johnny Gargano versus AJ Styles, please. Like, sign a brother up. Johnny versus Finn. <laughs> like, Johnny versus Balor. Yeah, I'll, Johnny I'll versus go. Shinsuke. Johnny versus Walter. I mean, you could you could just keep going down the list of Johnny versus Drew. Like, that would be something that would be really interesting that as well. Insane. Could so, you listen? Could you imagine? We have seen Drew McIntyre back body drop ricochet up into the stratosphere. <laughs> Could you imagine what he'd do with Johnny Gargano? Oh, like, man. just throw – it would be insane. Jared, you know what's Chris. awesome? Yes, Chris. go ahead. Yep. What would it take? Oh, no. <laughs> in theory. In theory. No pun intended. Johnny Gargano. I know AJ what's coming. Styles. I know what's coming. <laughs> I know what's coming, but go Edge. ahead. Um, some of your favorites. I mean, some of the best ever. What would it take for you to go to one of the next two, let's say, WrestleManias, if these gentlemen were involved? I mean, maybe maybe it would take The Rock coming back to face Roman. But underneath all of your guys, your guys, what would it take? Gargano, Champa, AJ, Miz? Come on. Usos. I th- Andy, I love that he threw the Miz in there. That's so I did too. Funny. I did too. Um, it wouldn't oh, take. We will discuss this offline. But, but. So there's no video evidence of it. But. But. Okay. Johnny Gargano makes it less difficult for me to be likely. And that's all I'll say about that. What what if you what if we ended up with some sort of match, let's say a triple threat? Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles <laughs> versus Johnny Gargano. Oh my god. Universal title. Why do I want to see that though? <laughs> yes. Because, like because, he would just throw them Brock, around. Because Brock Lesnar would have both of them on his shoulders and F five them both at the exact same time. That would be insane. But, but what if what if AJ got up and what if AJ worked it around and did a styles clash? From the second rope to Brock Lesnar, and it's all over. One, two, three. AJ wins. Oh my God. That's a possibility. I, I'm oh down with that. God. Oh my gosh. This is, off, <laughs> this is off the rails. This is why we have Jared on the podcast, because this is off the rails. Um, no, Jared, the point that I was going to bring to you in this okay. discussion about Johnny Gargano yes. is it is so awesome. We were sitting here talking about how, man, Gargano and Champa, they have the best feud. They're the 
best opponents for each other, but they're an awesome tag team and they can wrestle anybody and look at their matches with the revival and American Alpha and Authors of Pain, blah, 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 whatever. Doesn't Gargano and Champa remind you of Shawn Michaels and Triple H? Like, yes, they were such an incredible tag team, but they were the best few. Like their matches, nobody could touch them. Oh yeah, Gargano is HBK and Champa is Triple H, and these two guys. You have to think about this now. This was never a possibility until the last couple months. Right. These two guys could go down headlining a WrestleMania with each other. And they're six foot, yep. five ten. Not even. Not even. Doesn't matter. Everybody right. would still tune in. Everybody would love it. You're you're crazy like hardcore wrestling cocaine addicts that are like, oh man, I have to have this wrestling. I have to see it every week. You know, it's like hit me up with it. <laughs> they would absolutely tune into that WrestleMania. They would come from different countries to see that WrestleMania in person. And people laugh at it and say, you know, all oh, these, you know, these little guys and, oh, this is a pipe dream, but this is a real possibility now. And I think that they would, they would get more money for attendance than what they ever would have with a couple of part-time wrestlers in the main event. Right. I mean, pe- people are going to, people are going to care about this. Again, like we said earlier, rewarding fans for paying attention. And that would be yes. an ultimate reward. Yep. Andy, go ahead. Well, I, no, I completely agree. And I think I saw a report saying that Triple H is not, not, uh, ex- he doesn't want to bring in part timers like Goldberg and stuff like right. that. And I, I am all for that because there is a, there is a spot a for, for nostalgia them. in sure. wrestling. Absolutely but not at the expense of building up your stars. And I think that's that's been the problem with WWE for the last 10 years or so is they'll build up a guy, and this is this is my hard point every single time. They build up a character like The Fiend, unstoppable, not able to beat – anybody's not able to beat him, and then Goldberg beats him. And it's like that all that work for that stupid thing right there, who, for somebody who doesn't even need it. Like that's – that's the thing that's very infuriating about part-timers. So the fact that Triple H is not going to put over part-timers in the expense of his stars is very exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that, which makes me very excited because now it's like we get to see a Brock Lesnar feud that doesn't involve the title. And I'm so happy about that. Like Brock Lesnar versus The Miz with Brock Lesnar being the babyface and Miz being the heel. Oh my gosh! Tell me that wouldn't be fun. Like that—that that would be absolutely amazing to see Brock just throw the Miz around. Are you kidding me, um, Jared? You put <laughs> put, put what Logan. What does this show come to? Put Logan. Put Logan Paul why, in there with Brock Lesnar. Are you kidding me? Why am I here dealing with this? <laughs> because we say the ass boys. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're putting over the biz. Come on. We're putting over the biz. The Miz is great. Jared, listen, if you need a reminder, if you need a reminder about how good the Miz is, I want you to go back tonight as you're as you're going sleepy. Turn on WrestleMania 34. (laughs) Turn on WrestleMania 34. (laughs) And you watch that opening triple threat match. (sighs) And that will remind you. 
how good the Miz is. I'm a I'm a I'm a Miz fan, but I think that match was more about Rollins and Balor than it was Miz. But who cares? He's in it. I agree. Uh, yeah, he so, is. So okay, okay. So I'm I'm gonna try to save this show. Okay. <laughs> so I will I somewhat to talk agree about with you. to save this show, but go ahead. Let's say Brock Lesnar. You, you both remember the, the feud with Brock Lesnar and CM Punk and their match at I think it was SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yes. Yep. It wasn't for a title. But it was one of the best things, man. Like, if you think over the last 10, 15 years of matches that you could go back and watch and just watch and enjoy it again, that's one of the matches. And it was not for a championship. So, based on what you are saying, throwing all that Miz crap out the window. (laughs) Yes, now we could use part-timers and not let them be in the title pictures but let them still matter, you know. Um, But they don't have to squash people. Like, you know, one of the greatest characters, I think, over the past 10, 15 years, again, we'll keep using that, that time reference, has been The Fiend. And he got destroyed by Goldberg. And that hell in the cell with Rollins where it was just the red light and people poo-pooed all over it and, he could have been awesome, man. I mean, he could have still been on TV, and you could have had the fiend going after Gargano right now. I mean, in that opening promo where Johnny came out, you could have had the lights go off and a red light come on, and out comes the fiend, and people would have crapped themselves. But True. they took that character and they wadded it up, threw it out the window, and gave it to Goldberg, and that just makes me freaking sick. And I hope that does not continue. I, yeah, and I, I, one of the things that I know this is not about the fiend, but this is kind of brought it up. So, I, anytime I can like give Bray Wyatt his flowers, I'm going to give Bray Wyatt his flowers because the dude's creative mind with these characters is ridiculous. But the fact that he was, he went through that hell in the cell with Rollins and still bounced back to be still a really relevant and important character. Went and fought Goldberg. That whole debacle happened. But then he bounced back with his thing against Cena and was able to kind of build himself up. So, like, I I completely agree. I'm excited that we get to see part-timers wrestle because I there's a spot for Goldberg. There's a spot for Brock Lesnar. There's a spot for, John you know, Cena. John Cena, Trish Stratus, Lita. Like, there's spots for all of them, yep. but not necessarily in the title picture. And so, like, I'm, I'm really – like, yeah. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, you could run that back and not put a title on it, and I'd still be okay. like, it's fine to watch it. Whatever, it doesn't have to have a title with it. So, like, I'm, I, I really like that we're going to get that to that point, so that guys like Gargano and Ciampa and Styles and Rollins and all of them can shine through and build new stars for when guys like Roman <laughs> decide to fully walk away. We're not scrambling to find the next. Ro- we're not scrambling to find the next Roman, but now like ten guys are able to step up and take that place. Right. Yeah. Speaking of new guys and new stars and all that, we've had a couple people also debut since we have hit record on this podcast. Briefly, Jared, any thoughts on Dexter Loomis and Hit Row returning possibly a couple more down the road? I mean, it's been teased that Santos Escobar and Legato Del Fantasma are coming, and I'm sure there are more coming down the road, but just the ones that have debuted so far, uh, brief thoughts on those. So, like, Hit Row, I, I don't really know a whole lot about. I remember Swerve being part of that group, and right. he was he was the one I really cared about. So, I know they can't get Swerve back right now because he, he's in AEW. Um, so, I'm not really high on that. 
Um, of course, I'm high on Gargano coming back. Um, I'm high on Karrion Cross, man. Talk about people coming back, debuts. Karrion yep. Cross and uh, Scarlet Bordeaux. Woo! Smoke <laughs> show, Scarlet. I mean, I'm glad to see both of them. And, um, you know, Karrion Cross needs Scarlet. He knows he needs Scarlet. There was a um, he had the chance to be on um, some indie show. And had, they chance wouldn't be on want... a, had chance to be on AEW. Yeah. Okay, so so AEW, okay, and, and they weren't going to let Scarlett come on. Yeah, and so he, he just turned it down, man. Yep. And I think there was something with um, uh, another indie show that happened where that they didn't want him to have Scarlett, and he was just like, nope, not doing it. Right. Um, he knows that Scarlett is part of his presentation the same way that Miss Elizabeth was with Macho Man. And so he's just one of those people, man, that he needs her. She needs him. They need to keep them together. But, man, together, they're one of the best things going right now as far as people who have just debuted. Not I agree. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I I have high hopes for Karrion Cross. Um, obviously, I have high hopes for Johnny Gargano as well. I do agree. I think Hit Row is cool that they're back. They are. It seems like they are missing, though, without Swerve being there. Yep. But – I'm, I was I was a big fan of BFAB, and I'm, she really her her release was the one that I did not set well with me because she was there for one week and didn't really do it get to do anything and then was just right. released. So like that one was the one that I didn't set well with me at all. And so now we get to see her kind of come back and do things. Um, I'm excited about that. With the way they're booking Dexter Loomis, I am I don't know what to expect, and I'm so happy about that because I don't know if you right. saw on NXT 2.0, but he showed up with uh Indy Hartwell index was back together and then he got arrested for kidnapping Miz. So like, I, right. I love that they're starting to sprinkle some of that stuff in as well. Um, and you know, for, for potential, I'm going to stay out of like re-signing guys to come back. Cause obviously the top of my list would be Bray Wyatt being re-signed to come back, but coming from NXT, Cameron Grimes is on his way to the rain roster very soon. I feel like, and I'm excited to see that because <laughs> Just That'd this idea awesome. of Cameron Grimes with like the uh, male model like thing oh would be gosh, absolutely amazing so to see that. Um, oh, Cameron Grimes and R Truth working together. Cameron Grimes and Kevin Owens in a segment together would be absolutely gold as well. So I think he's one of those that could really very quickly be called up. I think. I mean, I'm I'm all in favor of anything Cameron Grimes. I think that's fantastic. Andy. Cam- Car- <laughs> to the moon that's exactly right um andy any thoughts on legato del fantasma uh don't feel like either of you guys are as excited about them as i oh am. no i i i am thrilled about i don't that know who too. they are i i santos think... escobar um and then i forget the other two I guys i forget name. the other two guys name as well but, but i very specifically good. santos i think santos escobar can come up and just he future intercontinental champion like i i i think he will be what andrade should have been in wwe and here's that's what i'm really excited for here's so like, my fear with with dexter is yeah. like they've they've debuted him and people are getting a little bit excited but so far they've debuted him in a way that really doesn't seem that new like it feels like we've seen people come out of the crowds and grab somebody and oh, they're taken back, and you have the right squad like like they were with uh, the Shield. Just something doesn't seem new enough about it that is really like putting it over the top for me. 
Like, I think they're really trying with Dexter. But, like, the times I've seen him, other than the first time, the first reveal where they, like, ripped off his mask and there he was, that was pretty cool. But, like, what they did on on Monday where they had, like, the guy get unmasked and it wasn't Dexter and then there's Dexter, it just didn't seem surprising or new enough. Like, something about it just doesn't seem right. I don't know. Neither one of you feel like that? Like, I feel like they should have used something more out of the box that ne- that has never been done than what they're doing right now with him. Well, I think it, I think it is rewarding fans for paying attention and the fact that that's the way he kind of was in NXT when he was there. So I think they're bringing that back, but I also think it is a wait and see kind of thing to see where they develop him from here. Yeah. He's grabbing people. Yeah. He's, kidnapping Miz or what have you and then he got arrested okay and he shows up on NXT and you know rekindle with Indy and then he gets arrested or whatever so I think it's going to be and I think the same thing with Karrion Cross. I listened to Karrion Cross's interview on After the Bell and he and Scarlett talked about these layers upon layers of storytelling and stuff like that that they really want to get into and to be able to flesh out their characters I think it's the same way with Dexter Loomis. I think there are just so many, so many different avenues that you can go down with Dexter. Yes, it is. I, I see where you're coming from in the fact that it could be, you know, looked at as something similar that's been done before. But right. I also think, like we were talking before we hit record, man, pro wrestling is pro wrestling no matter how you slice it. There's only so many storylines that you can actually do. But it's going to be a matter of where they take this Dexter character with all of this audience and presentation and resources of the main roster versus what he did in NXT. But wow. wouldn't you think, like, I mean, like this one point, and then I'll let you all go, run with it. Wouldn't you think that, like, in today's day and time, that with the amount of security that we have and, like, terrorist <laughs> things happening and all that, that, like, Whenever you first saw Dexter and he's like unmasked or whatever, shouldn't people have like nailed him from different directions and there have been all kinds of people come and get him and just haul him out? Instead of just like this relaxed feel like, oh, here's this fan that maybe isn't supposed to be here, but we're going to zoom in on his face and there's Dexter. It just doesn't seem like there's enough attention being given to this. But that's all I, I think, got. Go ahead, Andy. I, I, I think it's a wrestling situation where you have to stop putting logic on a, or yeah, stop putting logic on an illogical situation. Just suspend your disbelief from that perspective. Yeah. So I, 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 I think you're onto it. Right. I do. But I think you, I think that's one of those things where you just have to suspend that disbelief and just go with it. If I can believe that a, an undead man can shoot lightning from his fingers, <laughs> I can believe that security is going to be relaxed. <laughs> to stop Dexter Loomis. So that's, that's like, like, that's what I keep telling like my wife who is just now into wrestling. She's like, some of this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, listen, if you put reality into some stuff in wrestling, it's not going to make sense. But if you like, we watch superhero movies and there's no way Captain America is ever going to actually happen. But do I believe Captain America is real in the movies? Absolutely. I do. And so that's kind of my reference point with that. And I'll go back to his debut. I think, not necessarily how they are debuting him, but the intrigue of all the behind, like the backstage stuff is what's so exciting because Mm. I think it reminds me a lot of, and I know I've talked about him a lot, but it reminds me very early of like the Bray Wyatt fiend days because the, 
puppets used to pop up in the background. You remember when like somebody would be walking backstage and all of a sudden you would see, <laughs> you would see the rabbit yep. pop up and then you would see yep. the vulture pop up or something like that. And that's like, Oh, now I have to pay attention, not just to who's on screen, but behind screen as well. Like there, yes. there's a lot kind of going on. So that part is really intriguing. Um, and then just like, I, I love the way that Corey Graves sold Miz being kidnapped. Like that was Corey Graves put that over and sold that really well. Yes, he's excellent. He's excellent. So that, that's the, that was the part that I really enjoyed about Dexter Loomis's debut. And that's the stuff I'm excited about because he's a character that you can literally do anything with. And he's, it's going to find a way to make sense just because of how crazy and weird he is. Right. I, I, I love how excited Chris got. Never, I said Corey Graves is excellent. He, goes, <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's, he's incredible. Like, yes. <laughs> so I'm glad you're putting over one of my guys. Jeez. He's awesome. He's great. He is. He's awesome. Um, you know who else is awesome? Edge hitting a Canadian destroyer at 48 years old. On Monday Night Raw, I know Jared poked fun at me for saying that, but if that had happened on AEW, you would have poo pooed all over it. Oh my God! Did you see how terrible that Canadian Destroyer was? Why is he trying to do it at sixty plus <laughs> years old? He's Andy, old. He's an old man. Andy, I know what you're thinking, and here's my defense to it. Are you ready? <laughs> and this I'm will make sense. That's why I'm staying silent. Andy will understand this, okay? Andy will understand where I'm coming from. Edge has never done a Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> Edge does a Canadian Destroyer from out of nowhere. I, I that was awesome. Sting, if it Sting was a poor would have showed up, if Sting one. would have shut up, Jared. If Sting would have showed up <laughs> on AEW and done a Canadian Destroyer. I would have lost it just as much as I did when Edge did a Canadian Destroyer. Do I think the move is overused by the people who use it all the time? Yes, I do. But when you have these random people who have never done it before that it's just out of the blue, heck yeah, it's an awesome move. I don't mind seeing it done. I just hate seeing somebody doing it and then the person flipping right up on their feet and then they start going at it again. That's when I think it's dumb. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I'm a I'm a mark for any kind of pile driver, Canadian destroyer, whatever. So I I I pop for it. But yeah, I Edge is just <laughs> Edge has gotten better like as he's gone along. And like he I'm waiting for the day when I'm like, okay, Edge, it's time to hang up the boots and like really call it a day. And that day has not come yet, and I don't think it will come anytime soon. Um, so that was really cool. And I love the fact we kind of talked about earlier with video packages and stuff. They made this main event feel like such a big deal. And in doing that, they actually made Damian Priest feel like such a big deal as well. So like, it wasn't just edge getting all of the, the praise and glory. Like Damian Priest felt like a big deal as well. Yep. Um, And so that was really cool. Also from this segment, I need to see Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix, like immediately, because that would be, Fantastic. I don't want to see no mixed tag match. I want right. to see Beth Phoenix versus Rhea Ripley go at it. One on one. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we'll get to probably see a little bit of it at Clash of the Castle, which it'll get announced next week and we'll talk about it next week. But <laughs> um, no, what was really cool for me, Andy, to your point, is they were in Canada putting this main event over huge. They had Trish Stratus on in the very first segment. Trish Stratus. 
just as big of a Canadian legend as Edge, I think, from a women's division perspective, comes out and then Bailey interrupts her and Bailey says, What are you doing here? The first thing that Trish says, what she's doing here, she's there to support Edge in the main event. Like that was to me, that was a true Trish Stratus reaction, not something that was scripted for her to say. Right. If somebody else in a previous regime was in charge of scripting her promo, yes. that would that wouldn't have even come up. Yes. Yeah. That wouldn't no, have even come up. I, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the things that has been great is like Trish Stratus isn't just showing up on Raw just because Raw is now in Toronto, but like now she has a reason to actually show up. Now I'm interested because like next week Kurt Angle is going to be in Pittsburgh. So what's his is if he's there to start becoming the manager for Chad Gable, then I am all on board with that because that would be Whoa. so much fun to see that. But like I, that's one of the things like th- all of that making sense. And then Homestar is not losing in their hometown. Who would have thought that such like that would not be a bad thing is to see these people pay their money to see right. Edge and they paid their money to see Kevin Owens wrestle like and they won and Kevin Owens and Chad Gable put on a banger of a match on right. Raw just a random Raw like they right. killed it. It's so like, it's just, it's nice to see that, like you said, we are finally being rewarded for all our years of going through crap sometimes Yep. to finally <laughs> come out the other side. So I, I, everybody seems relaxed. Everybody mm-hmm. seems a lot looser. Everybody seems like they're having fun and it, it's, it's really enjoyable. The only one that did lose was Aaliyah, but she wasn't one of the main event players. <laughs> She's so not as big of a deal as <clears throat> Kevin Owens and that's Trish, true. So. I'm just <laughs> Just saying she did lose. Jerry, I have a thoughts? question. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I love how both of you are like, oh, God. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask, okay, I feel like whenever that I listen to this show, and I'm not on this show, and I listen to you all talk back and forth, one question that I would love to ask Chris, that <laughs> if I was a fan of the show and just listening, that I would really want to know. You have stated that, I mean, Andy Andy made a point earlier, and you agreed that this is true, that you were a huge fan of the way that Vince did things. And if somebody like you were to ever weasel their way back in, we might go back to the way that Vince did things. So you just made a point like that with this new regime, and you like the way that new things are being done and the way that people are being presented. What is it so much about the way that Vince ran things before Triple H took over, before he got knocked out of power, that you loved so much that you wish would still keep continuing? Like if you could take that aspect or the whole aspect, or if you just loved the whole show overall, that you wouldn't change it at all. What is it that, like, you love so much about the way Vince did things that it makes you sad that he's gone? I don't think it's as much that I love the way that Vince did everything. Because if anybody's listened to this show for any amount of time, I've crapped on WWE as well. There have been stuff that they've done that I've hated. That's 100% true. But it is also 100% true that for every couple of bad ideas that Vince pushed, he also pushed forward some great ideas, i.e. Cody Rhodes and his return and everything that he did. We know Vince McMahon was at the forefront of that. Cody's been very vocal about that. Everybody's been vocal about that. 
Um, another example is I'll go back a couple of years, the rise of Seth Rollins. I mean, nobody can argue that that was not a great storyline. Vince was in creative power when that happened. So to answer your question, I'm not saying that if I weaseled my way into power that I would go back to <laughs> Vince did things. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is Vince did have some brilliant ideas. The wrestling business wouldn't be where it is if it had not been for some of the brilliant ideas that Vince McMahon had. We can all acknowledge that. There were some crap ideas that made some of those good ideas not seem so good, but when you isolate the situation, those were actually really good things. So I... I'm not defending Vince's creative. What I'm saying is a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And Vince McMahon did come up with some good ideas. So to answer your question to me, wrestling is wrestling. And I'm going to try to find the good in what I'm watching. If I'm going to sit through a three hour raw or a two hour SmackDown or a four hour pay-per-view, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is and look at it from the singular perspective of what I'm watching, not necessarily that I'm saying, Oh, well, just cause I don't like these two guys, this match is not going to be any good. No, I'm going to watch a, a Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville, whatever that match was at WrestleMania. Everybody knows that on this podcast, I crapped on that all the way up to WrestleMania, but Andy knows cause he was sitting right beside me in the building. <laughs> that was one of the most fun things we watched in the two days in Dallas. Uh-huh. Like, but 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 do you think that like the where we're at now? Are you more excited right now for wrestling as a whole than you yeah. were whenever that Vince was in power for the last fifteen years? Yeah, a thousand years? a thousand percent, I am. Okay, and, okay, I'm just curious. The reason that I say that is because I think, like I said with Vince, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. It goes in waves. So like. I pointed out Seth Rollins. That was in 2015. Um, Vince brought in AJ Styles, and he had a tremendous run through 2016 through probably the end of 2018. Okay, he that did was good great. with Becky, too. He did, he did great with, with Becky. Becky Lynch. Daniel Bryan in 2014. Okay, fantastic. Um, he was forced to. Well, he was forced to, but it happened. That's all I'm saying. Um, Shawn Michaels had a fantastic second run in his career. Yes. Um Cody Rhodes making the right decision to bring him in and the rise of Roman Reigns. I know Roman had a lot to do with that as well, but Vince had a hand in all of those things. So I'm not saying again that everything he did was great, but there were a couple of things that you can pick out that it was absolutely fantastic. So do, do you think I hope that, that Vince would have? Okay. One last question. Do you think that Triple H would have let Undertaker ever lose at WrestleMania if he had been in power? Nope. Versus Vince. Okay. Nope. I'm curious. Not. And 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 which do you think would have worked out better? Do you wish that Triple H had not let him lose, or are you glad that Vince let him lose to Brock? Let me rephrase. I don't think he would have let Taker lose until Taker's last one. I do okay. think Taker may have gone out on his back at the very last one. Because if I would under have trip, Right. Yeah. Under Triple H's power, I think that would have happened. And if that happens, I'm still not totally okay with it, but I can understand it. Just like I can understand, and this is a whole other topic. I can't believe I'm about to say this because this is going to put us down a rabbit hole. 
It's like Sting losing his WrestleMania match to Triple H. I'm a huge yeah. Sting fan. I wish it had never happened, but I understand that Sting thought it was going to be his only one. Sting is a is a very traditionalist. He wants to go out on his back. That's what happened, and I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Andy, I've talked for a long time. Please weigh in on something. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, for the Triple H with the Undertaker thing, I completely agree. And I think the other caveat would have been <clears throat> Undertaker losing at WrestleMania would have been to put some new guy over. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been just to lose to Goldberg on a random carrying cross. Yeah, it would have been to carrying cross or an Aleister Black. Like that would have been Ooh, something like that yes. would have been fantastic. Or you know, let's say WrestleMania 31 was his final match and he didn't lose at WrestleMania 30. He could have done that to to Bray Wyatt or something like that. So I right. I completely agree with with that aspect. And you know, I if you listen to this podcast at any point in time, I am not a huge Vince McMahon guy. Like I, Vince, to me, the last ten to fifteen years, Vince has done worse than he's done better. Right. Like I think that's that's fairly easy to see because yes, Seth Rollins had a massive rise, and yes, AJ Styles had a massive rise. But then we had to deal with the whole John Cena run from twenty two thousand eight until twenty. Oh, you go back further than that, like two thousand. Five, six. But for his like, but for his like dominant good guy persona, like sure, all of that stuff, hustle, loyalty, respect, all of that. Like I, I PG era basically when they became PG era is when that dominant rise really sure. happened. Sure. And so I, you know, I that was, and part of the reason why I I was I'm not a huge Vince guy is because I, that was the era I started watching wrestling. Sure. Was during that time. So that was like John Cena being shoved down our throat, all of that stuff. Like that was. I hated that stuff, especially as a CM Punk fan. Like CM Punk and Cena were always going back and forth, and the crowd loved Punk, and it took right. forever to get Punk on board. And you know, I, I completely agree. For every good moment Vince has had, though, I feel like there is seven others that were like yes. complete and total trash that he sure. did. Because for every, I agree with that. For <clears> every <throat> AJ Styles great run from 2016 to 2008, there is a a fiend problem, or there sure. is. A, I'll even argue like. He had to listen about that Brian Dan- or Daniel Bryan for WrestleMania 30. I think he also had to listen about Becky Lynch going into WrestleMania 35 because he was not keen about pushing her until basically the fans made him push her again. Sure. So like I think that all of that plays a big role into this. So that's that's the thing I think I'm most excited about is we actually get to see young stars being pushed the right way and not in a way that like theory automatically gets put into the money of the bank without any hesitation, without any notice, without anything like that. Right, just to get like a bad guy heel reaction, right? Make it make sense and tell the story and things like that. That's that's the thing that I'm most excited for under this new regime. That that's got- a good point, man. Like, what do you think? What do you all think that they do with theory? You know, man started pushing him, Vince, and now he has the briefcase. Where do we go from here? Because clearly, he's one of the top people probably going forward yep. in this company. I mean, that was a great Vince call. Um, so what do we do with him now? I think your hand's forced. He's got to win it at some point. I just don't know how you do it. The I don't know how you do it and keep Roman strong. I don't know how you have him, if he were to somehow give it up or lose it or fail to cash in or whatever, 
if you are truly pushing him, let's just let's for argument's sake, let's say that theory being pushed to the top was a collective decision by Vince and Triple H. Just for an argument, let's just say it because theory was a big deal in NXT. Johnny Gargano yeah. handpicked him to be in the way. I mean, that it was it was a thing. So it's not like he's just totally come out of nowhere. Right. Let's say for argument's sake that Vince and Triple H agreed on theory. Well, now maybe the plan is still the same. Maybe this, maybe Triple H had a hand in it. I don't know. The execution of it was a little rush, has Vince written all over it. But maybe Triple H thinks as highly of him as Vince does. We might still get a theory world champion down the road. If it's done right, it'll be fine. But I just don't see why it has to come at the expense of this incredible run that Roman Reigns has been on. That's what I, makes me mad. That I, I completely agree because I think the money in the bank briefcase, you have to be careful how you handle it because you don't want another Baron Corbin situation where he loses his cash in and looks like a complete idiot doing so. And then it just completely runs him back and derails him even more than when yeah. he was getting his original push. And so I think I think there are big plans for theory. However, I think there is still a loophole where you could have Johnny take it off of him. You could have somebody take it off of him. We've seen it before. We saw it with Otis and Miz. And you could put that potential on on uh, Johnny Gargano. But then again, do and I mean this with the most respect because I'm a big Johnny fan. Do we really want Johnny Gargano to be the one to dethrone Roman? Like that's right. That's the question at the end of the day because in my mind there's only four people that can still dethrone Roman. Yep. I think it's Seth Rollins. I think it's Drew McIntyre. I think yep. it's Cody Rhodes. And I think it's Kevin Owens. I think those are the four that can do it. And still, I think the only viable choice, maybe Seth Rollins, <laughs> it still has to be Cody in my opinion. Because you the could, story tells itself. You could do it with Seth and then have Cody take the belt off of Seth to further that story even more. But still, it, Cody Rhodes versus WrestleMania – the guy that has always been the star versus the guy that has always had to prove himself at at WrestleMania for the world championship just completely is a story that you don't even have to write. Like it literally just tells itself. Well, to your point, you could do some sort of situation where it's not Johnny that gets the briefcase off of theory. It's Cody that gets the briefcase off of theory. Somehow. I don't know. Jared thoughts. So I, I think there's a little bit of a conundrum because if you take it, if you let anybody take that briefcase off of theory, that squashes theory for the yep. time being. Yep. Um, you will have to start How rebuilding reco- him How back. How do you recover? Yep. That's right. Yep. yep. So that being said, I would probably let somebody else defeat Roman, that being one of the four that you named. I would prefer Cody. Keep it on Roman until Cody comes back. Cody beats Roman, and then Theory cashes in on Cody. He wins it, and then you have a Cody versus Theory going on while you have Roman being part-time and doing whatever else it is he's doing in Hollywood or wherever he's going. Well, what, Andy? I I booked that exact scenario, except take out Theory and put in Seth Rollins. And if if Rollins was held the money in the bank briefcase – Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania. Cody gets revenge, or Seth gets revenge for WrestleMania last year. Cashes in, takes the title off of Cody. We tell that story again. I I think that could work with Theory. 
I just <clears throat> my only issue is right now Theory is not a believable world champion. I don't believe for one second that with guys like Roman and Drew and Seth and Kevin Owens that Austin Theory is a world champion. And that's part of the issue. And that's part of the reason why they have the briefcase on him is because they've done this before. Guys like Dolph Ziggler. We didn't really think Dolph Ziggler was going to be ever a world champion again. And then he became one of the most over guys with the briefcase. So maybe the same thing can happen with Theory. It's just <clears throat> they have to be careful not to devalue Roman, not devalue the championships that Roman has worked really hard to make Phil valuable again yep. without damaging theory or the briefcase or anything like that. It's, it's, it is a tight rope to walk, but if anybody I'll, can figure out a way around it, I, I feel like triple H is the one that can figure out a way to kind of maneuver through it. I think theory has to win it. I think that now that he has it, we have to let him win the title. It's just a matter of how we do it. Yeah. Um, I think, to not I think, crush him. I think. I think the scenario that that I had mentioned, or that I've told both of you guys numerous times, and I'm going to stick with it. I think it's the best one. I don't like it, but it's best thing I can come up with. Drew McIntyre beats Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. You get your yep. big moment in Cardiff. Drew McIntyre wins the belts, and then here comes Theory. Theory cashes oh, in no. on Drew. Ultimate heat mm. moment. Yeah. Big time heel move. Yeah. By theory in Cardiff takes the titles from Drew. Mm. You have you have Roman safely beaten by Drew in a fantastic mm. match. I'm sure it's going to be. Then you've got theory coming in. And then two nights later on Monday Night Raw, maybe Roman Reigns comes out and squashes theory like a bug and takes his titles back. Who See, but I, don't, I don't want I don't want Roman's seven hundred plus day reign to end just to, for him to win it back two I days later. I don't either. I don't either. See, and I don't. Right. I, I got I, an idea. I got an idea. Right. I got an idea. <laughs> All right. I got an idea. Um, so I think that in Cardiff, you let Drew win, and you let him nothing else happens. Then on Monday Night Raw after that, I think something terrible happens to Drew. Um, whatever you want to do, and out comes theory. He wins the title, and then you go from there. Whoever takes it back, he doesn't have a long reign, maybe three weeks, a month, right. and then somebody beats him. I think I think that's the perfect way to do it. If if I, if, you know, gun to my head, that's what I would say. <laughs> I got you, Andy. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that as well. I just my only fear is I don't like it when the briefcase holder only has a title reign for like a week or two days or something like that. Cause it happened with Miz when he cashed in on drew and no, then, that's where we're at. It is. And that's, that's part of the problem. That's if you want to make theory look valuable though, I don't feel like that keeps him valuable. And I think that's, right. that's the, that's the line you walk is you have to, at some point you have to decide who's going to look the best out of this situation. And somebody's going to have to kind of, take a beating for a minute and then we got to figure out a way to bounce them back up. And I think, okay. I think theory is young enough that he could take that hit and then rebuild versus this like two year story we've been telling with Roman exactly. for the titles. My, I mean, my question would be, who's your cash cow? Who's your main event? Who's been your main event for two years? Who's making your money? Who's on top? Who is the most popular he has ever been in his career? But he's Roman going down Reigns. Brock's path. Like he's going down he the part time. But, but he he and he might be. 
but he is still getting the biggest pop of the night. Aside from Johnny Gargano True. and aside from Edge in Toronto, Roman Reigns, I'm telling y'all, when Smack was it SmackDown that was in Madison Square Garden a couple yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. When that No, bro, it was raw. It no, was raw. raw. When he walked out of Madison Square Garden, oh my gosh. Yeah. When he walked out on Montreal Friday night on SmackDown, when he got out of that car, oh my goodness. Like the pops that that man is getting right now. That's the difference between him and Brock. He might be going down a little bit of a lighter schedule, but it is still, nobody's booing him. They're still excited when he shows up. But when Brock's music hit too, his he Brock always yes. gets the biggest reaction of the night sure. as well. Like right. Brock, la, 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 la. that just gets I'm, anybody. That, like I, 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 right. During the reign of terror of Brock Lesnar, when he would just randomly show up and I'd hear that music, I still got excited because sure. it's Brock Lesnar. Like who's not? So right. I feel like, yes, you're absolutely right. Like, he is getting the biggest reaction of the night. But then again, so was like Sami Zayn got a huge reaction. I get it. It was in his hometown. But like there are other people that are getting massive reactions. However, don't sacrifice the story for theory. Like that's my biggest sure. thing is don't yes. sacrifice this thing that we've been yeah. building to yep. for theory. I don't think – I mean, I, I'm, I'm high on theory. I think theory has the potential to be a world champion. But theory is not as important as Roman Reigns' world no. title reign right now. And I think that's what it kind of comes down to. There is a reason, Andy, that several weeks back we had an episode that was just called Theory is Not Ready. There's a reason. <laughs> He's not. A, a couple years down the road, sure, absolutely, yeah. but not yeah. now. Not right now. All right, guys, we have been talking WWE for an hour and 20 minutes now. Um, for those of you who are hanging with us, make sure you follow us at PBW Podcast. Tune in every Monday and Wednesday slash Thursday whenever we decide to drop that <laughs> week episode. Make sure you're tuned in. Hit that subscribe button so you know when we drop a new episode. Uh, wherever you find your podcast and on the Body Slam Dunnet YouTube channel. Let's quickly go through some rapid fire AEW stuff before we sign off. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, we are going long, but Jared's on the podcast, so <laughs> I knew I was gonna get blamed for that. I knew it. But we, my God. <laughs> but we love you, and that's fine. All right. Um, but quickly, let's talk about AEW. Guys, on Dynamite tonight, we had an AEW World Championship unification match that we all thought was gonna happen at all out. We had it tonight. And bro, it only lasted five minutes. Andy John Moxley is the unified AEW champion. First initial thoughts: What you make of all of this? I don't know if I love it or I hate it. Like I what? honestly, I don't know what to. I, if you've listened to this for any long, like any time period or any period of time, there we go. I said that right. Any period of time, you know that I'm a, I am as big of a CM Punk fan as you can get. Like yeah. I, I love CM Punk. However. I'm fine with John Moxley winning this match. Like I, I am very happy that Moxley won this thing because I think there's more to do with Moxley than there is with Punk. Hmm. However, just the way that things have gone, like just the way the match laid out and everything else, I, <laughs> I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't know if there was some backstage issues or if Punk maybe not. I think you brought this up, Chris. Punk not being fully cleared, and they just were like, "All right, let's just get this over with." So we can move to all out and not have punk there or anything like that. Right. I I literally looked down, saw the opening match, saw the opening part of it, saw punk kick him, 
and fall down. I looked up, and when I looked back down, Moxley pinned him one, two, three, and I was like, "Wait, what? Did I was how long was I staring at? Like how long was I talking? Because there's right. no way this is this short." I I was waiting for MJF to show up. He never showed up. He just yep. beat him and walked away. I think this could though start to turn start to be the turn for Punk's heel turn. Sure. Like I think we're gonna slowly start to see Punk turn heel more and more and more, which I, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with that. But it's it was a shocking moment, and it you know it's something that we're gonna be talking about. I feel like for a long time, so that it, it got people talking. Jared, initial thoughts. So, if you follow Tony Khan and you follow the things that he likes, he's a fan of UFC, and I know I've made some analogies with UFC. If you don't like it, whatever. Piss off. Um, it makes sense. But, <laughs> you know, he likes doing these interim championships. If you have, like, a, a, a champion who gets hurt, he doesn't like to just take it off of him and go on. Oh he likes to do this interim thing, Whoa. which is fine. It's different, you know, whatever. So far, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Um, but tonight, it was almost like a UFC fight that you pay a bunch of money for. And then it ends in a minute and a half. Um, you know, sometimes those things happen, but after it's over, you, I mean, it's, it's it's okay, I guess. But after it's over, it leaves the person who has invested time in this kind of with like a stomach ache. Like, did I, did I just pay all that to see that? Did I just invest my time to see that? Did, did I just sit here instead of being with my child or my? wife or my girlfriend or whatever the case is to watch this did i put that much effort into it and it's just like it's kind of a letdown man i mean any 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 way you shape it it's a letdown it, it reminded me of cm punk's two ufc fights like he, he got he got whipped really quick and then he hobbled to the back and that's that's it it's the weirdest like it's out of all the possibilities of how this match was going to end this was not on my radar. And yet I still don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like it, this honestly, I'll tell you what this feels like. This feels like Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at Survivor Series. When Goldberg just absolutely squashed Brock, I didn't know if I loved it or if I hated it. Right. And I think, I think what happens after this will determine how we feel about this specific match. Like, I think, I think what follows is what's going to be the case for this, but I <laughs> this is one of the most shocking things I I can remember for a long time of like I why what is happening right now? I don't understand what's going on. What follows? I mean, as far Punk's as you, turn. Just, no, Punk I mean, turning. okay. Okay, Punk's heel turn, but now my follow-up question, and I'll throw it to you, Andy, first. What now happens with the world title? We are less than what 10 days? Away from arguably the paper, the pay per view, not arguably the pay per view that put you on the map before AEW was technically announced. To me, this is their big show. Like this yep. is their Super to Bowl. To me, yes. To <laughs> me, this is their Super Bowl. Yeah. But your world title, like, are we going to see a rematch? Is Punk healthy enough to have a rematch? What? I'm like you. Like I don't know what to think. I I can see a rematch. I could see it being Moxley versus Punk again for the title. I don't know. I, I mean, you could still do MJF. I think if you're going to do MJF, though, Punk would have been the reasonable be choice to There's win. No right. Um, 
I mean, it could be Claudio. You could run that back. You could be – I mean, I know we're getting Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho at All Out, which that's going to be fun. Sign me up. Um, yep. I, you know, maybe Eddie Kingston and Mox. Like, I, Eddie Kingston versus Moxley for that title at All Out, I'm, I'm completely fine with. Um, I don't know. I, I think, though, there, next week we're going to start to see what's actually going to unfold, what's going to happen. Maybe Punk just comes out and just absolutely lays out Moxley and just bloodies him, beats him. You know, we know how much Moxley loves to bleed. I think he'll <laughs> he'll bust himself open for that. And then we head there. Maybe we do Hangman Page versus Moxley. Like that's that's something that you could could viably bring up as well. But you're right. We we're like a week away, and we don't know what the world title picture looks like, and it is annoying. But it's also like intriguing because what's going to happen? Like, I don't know what's going to happen with the world title picture now. Right. Jared, what do you think? So, my AirPods just died. So, if I don't, oh, cool. if I don't sound the same, that's why. Okay, cool. Man, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do from here. Uh, I mean, I guess you could build towards John. I mean, so whenever, whenever they first announced just randomly that this match was going to happen uh, last week, I was like, okay, so this isn't going to be a full pay-per-view quality length match. Like, that's the first thing that went through my head. I was not prepared for CM Punk to <laughs> kick Moxley in the head and then just get, like, the paradigm shift, and then it's over. Um I mean, I think you build towards a rematch, and I mean, I guess you could go with what Andy said. I mean, if you're going to turn Punk heel, I guess now's the time. But I don't think he has to go heel. But I think you build towards some sort of rematch, and you build a stipulation, and that's going to make sense, like an I quit match, um, since we know Punk's hurt. So everybody thinks that the cards are stacked against Punk, and you go into it, and you either let Moxley beat him with, like, an ankle lock or whatever, some sort of crazy thing. You know, he smashes his, his heel of his ankle against the ring post, and, you know, he does, like, the Brian Pillman off the top rope chair smash or whatever. Um, and you let Moxley just destroy him, or somehow you have CM Punk come back and pull off this win, and he's the champion, and you go with him for at least probably four to six months. I mean, that's the only two choices I see that you have that make sense. I will I, say this. I There's more to all this. I don't know what the more is, but there's more to all this. I'm sticking with my belief that I think Punk's not totally cleared, and they did what they had to do to go ahead and get the title off of him. And that way, Mo- there's no interim. Moxley's the champion, and they can move on. Punk can take his time to recover, and then we bring Punk back. The second piece to this, in my opinion, man, I feel bad for CM Punk. Like, the <laughs> dude took how long to come back to wrestling? And I know he gets a bad rap, and AJ Styles had something bad to say about him this week on an interview that he did. If you haven't seen that, go back and find it. It's pretty funny. But anyway, um... I feel bad for him because he waited so long to come back to wrestling. He got this humongous homecoming in Chicago and everybody loves him. And he finally 
finally goes and gets the world title and he gets hurt less than a week later. And we have and a crowd, yeah, exactly. On a dive into the crowd, which you didn't have to do. But he comes back and he shocks us only for a week later for him or two weeks later for him to drop the title. Like it just something just doesn't add up. And with CM Punk. I don't know that we're ever going to get the full story of what is not adding up. You know, like we're never going to get the full truth of yeah. any of this. I don't think. Well, yeah, I, people people act like he's a dickhead, and yeah. maybe he is. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of how he strikes me. Right. So maybe he does have some heat backstage. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say there. I mean, reports have been saying that him and Paige have had a lot of heat as well recently with. He didn't like a promo that Paige was going to cut or something like that. And there, when he came out on Dynamite last week and called out Paige, that was a shoot. Like, that was not part of the plan. He called out Paige just to kind of be like, you know, you want to say this? Well, I'll just embarrass you for being a coward, not coming out here to fight me in your, basically in your hometown. So, like, you know, screw right. you. Um, I completely agree, though, with you, Chris. Like, I – it's been seven, eight, nine years – since we've gotten we've got to see Punk as world champion, yep. which is like my favorite. Like one, the reason why I'm such a big wrestling fan is because Punk was cha- like Punk's championship run right. during that time when he was champ for like over 365 days, all of that stuff. Right. Um, and so for him to finally get the title and not be able to do anything with it because of injury, that part really, really, really stinks. However, I love it for John Moxley, like right. John Mox. There is no doubt in my mind that the face of AEW is John Moxley. John Moxley is the company yep. guy. He is he is through and through AEW. Diehard fans love John Moxley. Yep. They like he was in the ring with Punk last week, and fans were loving Moxley over Punk. And Punk had just returned. So like Moxley yep. is it makes complete sense why they put the belt on Moxley because Moxley is the most sure over is. guy in the company. He is going Yes, he hides behind violence and blood, but guess what? AEW fans, we love violence and we love blood. And that's what we want. We want that stuff. And so I, you know, I love it. And so whatever happens next, I'm excited for. I have a lot of questions. I don't know if any of my questions are ever going to get answered. Right. And it may, this may just turn into like a wrestling mystery that we never truly find out what happens until we get a dark side of the ring on John Moxley and CM Punk at some point down the line talking about this. And I completely agree. I think punk punk has always been able to rub people the wrong way. Right. And he kind of has the same philosophy that a Cody Rhodes or a triple H had. in the fact, like I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the top because I, I deserve to be at the top. So I'm going to step on as many toes as I can to make sure I get to the top. And so that's kind of the mindset. That mindset rubs people the wrong way. But then again, <laughs> to some fans, it's like, yeah, but he's our guy. So like it's right. it's fine. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Right. So it it's 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 honestly it's a double edged sword. And I think that's that's kind of where we're at with it. Man, it's just so much with I, I don't know. There's just so much in question about this whole thing. Yeah. That you're like, well, what if it's this? And it might be that, and this happened, but that happened. And it just like Andy said, it's something that I don't think we're ever going to find out the full truth on. We're just never, I don't think we're ever going to know until CM Punk is ready for us to know. And then 
when <laughs> CM Punk lets us know, we're not going to know all of it because there's two sides to every story. And yeah. it just, man, it, it's just, it's wild. Yeah. It, it, especially what makes it even more wild, Andy, like you, like you said, and like I said, we're 10 days out from their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And all of this is now coming down. You know, it just, man, it's, it's, wild. <laughs> it adds some intrigue. It definitely does. It adds, it adds some intrigue. I'm, I'm excited for Moxley's second book now. Cause I feel like this is going to be a story that we're going to hear oh, man. in his, in his book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that man needs to write a second book like ASAP. <laughs> um, we have gone long on this episode. Thank you guys for hanging with us. If you're still hanging with us, of course, make sure that you have liked subscribed, all the things follow us on social media at PBW podcast quickly, Jared, quick hitters from AEW. Any more thoughts from dynamite tonight or as we progress towards all out, uh, any, any quick thoughts from you before we sign off? I mean, I, 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 I thought it was a great show. Um, overall, it's just my expectations were a little more than what was given with punk and, and Mox, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Who knows what's going on? Who knows if punk is actually hurt and not cleared and whatever. Right. But I thought it was a, a good show overall. Um, the main event was a spot fest. Um, if, if you don't like spot fest, then I mean, like Chris, I know, he, <laughs> I know he normally doesn't care for him, but, um, uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought that like the exchanges, um, with Will Ospreay, I mean, my God, I mean, just like the flips and the coming back and landing on their feet. I mean, even if you don't like spot fest, man, you got to give it to these guys. I mean, that sure. was that was an incredible display. Yep. Um, so at the end of the night, I didn't feel like I had been given my money's worth, if you will, my my time. My time equals money. My money's worth that way. Um, I, I, I didn't feel like my investment was a good investment. I think I could have just read results other than maybe the main event. I really enjoyed watching that. But the rest of the show, I felt like I didn't really live up to expectations, man. And um, who would have thought I'd be saying this? But at the end of both of WWE's um, shows, I felt satisfied, man. I felt like I was fulfilled. I felt like my time had been greatly invested. Yep. The end of AEW, I hate to say it, but I just, I just, I feel like I'm, I could have been okay not watching it. Mm. I could make a comment right now, but I'm, I'll keep it to myself. Andy, Please do. I mean, one, one I, week I, out of how many weeks over the last three years? Please do. <laughs> what? One week over the last three three years. Uh, I'll take one week over the last three years. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, I just like busting your ass chops. Andy, go ahead. What you got? Um, I agree. The main event was a lot of fun. It's hard Listen, when you have. Y'all throw me under the bus for not liking Spot Fest or whatever. That main event was insane. Like like Jared said, the athleticism and the, the crap that those guys were able to pull off. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was insane. I was <laughs> Here's what's crazy is that I'm just a fan of wrestling. Like, I go back and forth between whether I like WWE or AEW more. But yet you say that, like, I, I give you crap. No, man, I'm just like, I give you crap about wishing that Vince was still in power. But other than that, man, I mean, <laughs> I'm just a fan of whatever show's better. Right. I don't care which one it is. Right. 
No, no, I no, I'm with you. I'm just saying, like earlier when you said that I don't like spot fest or whatever, like I'll give well, it. It's true. It's, it's true. true. I don't. I don't. But I will give it to those guys. It was insane. The ridiculous display of athleticism. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's when you have Death Triangle and you have United Empire in the ring together, it's it's going to be really hard to have anything right. bad happen. Uh, Kip Sabian showing up was a really good surprise. Like that was, a, yep. that was a great moment. The crowd was hot for that. that and cool. uh, you know, I hate it for Thunder Rosa having to uh, vacate the title for injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been the biggest fan of her title run. I think there's a lot of backstage issues. I think with her and with, there's a lot of backstage issues in AEW right now anyway, but I, I think with her, she's kind of been the forefront for a lot of stuff. However, the fatal four way that's coming up at all out, I I am all excited about because I think Tony Storm and Britt Baker and I forget who else is in it. Uh, they're going to absolutely Jamie. I think Jamie is Jamie Hader in it. Jamie I don't think Hader's, Hader's in it. In it. She's in it, in it, and yep. it's not Ruby. It's not Athena either. I don't remember who the fourth person is. I don't either. Um, but I, I think it's going to be just because Tony Storm and Britt Baker in it. I think it's going to tear the house down. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But I hate it for Thunder Rosa, um, you know, and I hope I hope she gets better quicker, quickly. But yeah, I, I thoroughly I enjoyed it. I understand now why Punk and Moxie wasn't the main event, and I'm totally fine that it was not the main event. Um, but yeah, it was just it was it was a weird night of wrestling, but. I enjoyed it for what it was for sure. Yeah. Um, again, we go back to this interim thing and I won't get on my soapbox about interim stuff, but we're back to that again. If they want to do it, that's fine. Whatever. Andy, you're right. Wow. We're going to, we're going to get a great, uh, I can't even talk. We're <laughs> going to get a great fatal four way match at all out, which we will preview all out and clash at the castle next week. On our midweek episode, it is. If you thought this week was loaded, I mean, we got to preview two <laughs> big pay per views next week. Um, so we are going to load that show up as well. So make sure you come back and join us. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast and on the bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PBW Podcast. Make sure you're following along. Make sure you're interacting with us. Jared, who's not on with us very often, but we hope to uh, fix that a little more in the near future. Thanks for coming on, man. We always enjoy when you take us down rabbit trails and <laughs> it's always a blast. I know I give you crap about it, but, it, but it does add, add to the show. So we appreciate it. Anything else that you want to add before we sign off? Come and take you straight from Louisville. Um, man, <laughs> I, I try my best to be on here, man, but you know, work and, and life gets in the way sometimes, but, uh, I mean, I love being on here with you guys. It's always great. Love giving y'all hell. Um, it, it really just kind of like tickles my insides. It makes me <laughs> just so happy to be alive and be on the show. Um, but, yeah, man, I've had a good time. So I, I hope we do this more. We I think the next them. time he's on with us, we need to dedicate the whole episode to The Miz. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be on. <laughs> we just won't tell him what the subject <laughs> is, and we'll hit record and just start talking and see how long he'll stay. <laughs> probably two to three minutes (laughs) he will drop out mark my words he will drop out in the middle of the show and it will be funny (laughs) oh man Andy I know we uh, there's a lot man so much that we didn't get to we didn't talk about Rollins and Riddle we didn't talk about Big E getting cleared for normal life 
We didn't talk about the draft update. We didn't talk about Claudio versus Dustin Rhodes on Rampage. Jericho, Motor City Machine Guns uh, yeah. coming oh, to all out. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about yeah. any of that. But, Andy, any final thoughts before we sign off, man, from a loaded show? Uh, wrestling is fun. Wrestling is amazing right now, whether you're a WWE shill or an AEW shill. Uh, it's hard to complain about either show right now. And so it's a sure. lot of fun. And it's great because we get to watch great wrestling throughout. There's so much wrestling that we should be bored with wrestling by this point, And yet we're still intrigued and love it every single time. So that that's really interesting. And that's really cool. And I'm also glad that I'm actually able to talk this time while Jared is on the podcast and not, you know, out in the parking lot throw, somewhere <laughs> throwing up. So I feel much better about this. So it's, it's we're, we're, we're successful this week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That was a rough oh, night. Man, that was a <laughs> rough night after. Didn't something. drink an ounce of alcohol. It was the only one throwing up. <laughs> you got a little bit. <laughs> this is a hundred percent fact. Oh. <laughs> oh man, a flu game episode for Andy. That's for sure. All right, ladies and germs, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this edition of Fightball Wrestling Podcast from our brother from another mother. The whole podcasting show. Chair Justice giving us the old Larry Sabisco wave. For the young buck, Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Buster. Thank you for hanging out with us on this edition of the Bye Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.